ओनो मित्र संवरुण सन्नो बृहस्पति सन्नो विष्णुक्रम नमो ब्रह्मणे नमस्ते वायमे प्रत्यक्ष ब्रह्मसी प्रत्यक्ष ब्रह्म वदिष्यामि सत्यं वदिष्यामि वदिष्यामि सत्यमु अवतु अवतु वक्ता ओ शातिशातिशाद सहनो भुन सह वीकवै तेजस्वीतम विषा वह शांतिशांतिशांतिशंदुसमृषभ विश्व छंदोभ्यमृतासंबूव समेन्द्र मेधया स्पृणत अमृत सेवधारण भूयास शरीर मे विचर्षण जिह्वा मे मधुमत्तम कर्णाभ्यांभूरी विश्रुव ब्रह्मण कौशोसी मेधया पिता श्रुत मे गोपाय अहम वृक्षरेवाते पृष्ठंगिरेवाधपवित्रवाजिनी वस्वृतमस्मी द्रविण गुंस वर्चस सुमेधा अमृत क्षिदेत्रिशंकोर्वेदाचनम
ವ್ಯೋಮವ್ಯಾಪ್ತೇಹಾ ದಕ್ಷಿಣಾಮೂರ್ತ ಅಖಂಡಂ ಸಚ್ಚಿದ ಅಖಂಡಂ ಸಚ್ಚಿದನಂದಸಗೋಚರ ಅವಾಂಗಮನಸಗೋಚರ ಆತ್ಮನಮಖಿಲಾಧಾರ ಆತ್ಮನಮಖಿಲಾಧಾರ ಆಶ್ರೇಷ್ಟಸಿಧ್ಯೇಷ್ಟಸಿಧ್ಯೇಷ್ಟಸಿಧ್ಯೇಷ್ಟಸಿಧ್ಯೇಷ್ಟಸ
So this partiality, cruelty, all these various problems will occur. All these various defects or faults will be attributed to God if God is creator who stands apart from creation, who is totally different from creation. <coughs> but that is not the case here. That the creator is also the creator. And that makes now, that changes the whole picture completely. It is not that God is creating some other people. It is not that God is creating a world other than himself. It is not that God is punishing some or favoring others. If he is called punishing, well, he is punishing himself only. If he is favoring someone, he is favoring himself. Within one's own self, there cannot be punishment and favor. There cannot be cruelty and partiality because when I am scratching, you know, uh, my one hand with my nails, it may look like I am cruel to one hand, but it is not so because that hand requires it. And so I cannot be cruel to myself. I cannot be cruel to one hand and partial to another hand. It cannot happen. Therefore, even though there is a disparity in this body, where one hand is different from another hand, hands are different from legs, so all these parts or components or limbs are different from one another, <coughs> having different names, different forms, different functions, different places. But all of them are still the self. And therefore, there is no partiality, there is no favor, there is no cruelty, nothing, because it's all myself. How therefore there is this harmony in spite of the diversity within my body? Because in spite of the diversity there is still the oneness because one principle, one self alone is a content or that alone informs the entire, uh, the, the entire assembly. And similarly also it is one Lord alone who is the self of the whole creation and who is the creation. And that also tells us the nature of creation. If the creator has to be both the efficient and the material cause, Meaning he has to be the intelligent one also, he has to be the conscious one also, and he also has to be material. Then it tells us also about the nature of creation. How can consciousness become the material? Consciousness or awareness or intelligence which is changeless, which is pure, how can it become the material of the creation? How can it undergo transformation or change which we find constantly happening in the creation? We see changes happening all along. There is nothing that ever remains the same. Everything is changing moment to moment. If intelligence or consciousness or awareness, which is self or Brahman, there has to be the material cause also, it just doesn't make sense. So either we have to say that he is not the material cause, because it doesn't make sense, or we have to say that the creation is what it lo- not what it looks like to be, it is not real. So that intelligence can be the material cause only when the creation is unreal. Intelligence which is changeless cannot be the material cause for a real creation. <laughs> then creation must necessarily be of the nature of a superimposition upon that intelligence. Just as I am the creator of the dream world, without undergoing any transformation within myself, how I become the whole world, so I am the (coughs) material as well as the efficient cause of the dream world. And what is the relationship that the dream world has with me? The dream world is that which is projected upon the I. So understand this, when you think about it, when you say, Lord, Brahman, or self, which is pure intelligence, awareness, limitless, if that has to be the cause of the creation, then the creation cannot be real. Meaning that Brahman cannot be the cause in the primary sense. Because whatever it is required for the cause to be, whatever a cause requires to be a cause, the need to become the effect, need to undergo change, need to become support, 
none of these can be, none of these factors are present in Brahman. And the Brahman cannot be the cause in the primary sense, neither the material cause nor the efficient cause in the primary sense. So Brahman gains a designation of the cause of the creation only because of Upadi or Avidya or Jnanam. That is why Ajnanam was described, ignorance was described as having twofold power. One is the power of concealing, another power of projection. And that is explained, the fact, the, it explained the material cause of the creation. That it is the Ajnanam. The ignorance is the material cause of the creation. And when ignorance is the material cause, that shows that ignorance is not a substance. Ignorance is not a reality. And therefore, if ignorance is the material cause of the creation, primary material cause of the creation, then the creation cannot be real. <coughs> That's the reason why we are always given the illustration of the rope snake, how snake also is a creation, which is a projection upon the rope. Similarly also, the universe is a creation, all right, but is a projection upon Brahman, upon the self. This is very, very important. So, even understanding Brahman as the material as well as efficient cause, it becomes very clear in our mind that what we call the creation has to be unreal, has to be of the nature of projection comparable to a snake projected upon the rope. <coughs> so all of these things follow when we say that Brahman is a material as well as efficient cause. And this is discussed elaborately in the Brahma Sutras, <coughs> in the Upanishads, in, in all the Vedantic texts. So said that Brahman becomes a material cause from the standpoint of Ajnanam. And that is, it is Ajnanam or ignorance or Maya that is a material cause in the primary sense. But since Maya cannot function in absence of Brahman, Maya derives its existence and awareness from Brahman. And therefore, you say Brahman indirectly is a material cause. <coughs> and this is how, in that case of course, everything is unreal. So what we call bondage and what we call liberation, everything is of the same nature. So if the creation is unreal, naturally the bondage also is unreal. The sense of limitation I am experiencing also is mitya. The samsara that I am experiencing and the conclusion that I am a samsari, all of this is mitya. If the bondage is mitya, then what is this? There is no liberation, that means. If there is no bondage in real sense, that means there is no liberation. No, there is no liberation in the real sense also. What we call moksha, the liberation, enjoy the same degree of reality as bandha or bondage. If bondage is mitya or unreal or notion or superimposition, then moksha, liberation also is a superimposition. Except that it's a sweet superimposition. It's a superimposition that releases us from the painful superimposition. So bondage is a superimposition that creates all the pain and moksha is that which eliminates his pain. So both bandham and moksha, both of these are of the same degree of reality as a creation. Baddha muktaha itivyakya gunatomena vastutaha gunasyamaya mulatva name mokshona bandhanam says that baddha muktaha that one is bound, one is liberated. All of these kind of vyakya, all of these nomenclature, gunataha, mena vastutaha, all of these are only in a secondary sense, not in the primary sense. In primary sense, nobody is bound. In primary sense, nobody gets liberated. In bondage, also is what we call a notion, is, is, is a sense. And there is no bondage in the real sense because the self cannot be bound. 
Gunasyamaya Mulatva and all these designations, nomenclatures come from ignorance and therefore they are not in a primary sense. For the self in a primary sense, there is no bondage, no there is liberation. This is Vedanta. This is Vedanta. That there is no bondage and therefore there is no liberation, meaning self is already liberated. So therefore, it is not that we have to become liberated, it is that we have to discover that we are liberated. That's it. It's not that you have to become free, you have to discover that you are already free. How to discover? That just requires a certain disposition of mind. That's why we talked about all those things. Viveka, discrimination, vairagya, dispassion, shamadi, shatka, sampatti, that inner disposition and maturity. All of this we talked about. Karma yoga, performing action in the, in the spirit of offering and receiving everything as a gift of God. All of these we talked about. In order to just correct the the distorted patterns of thinking, that's all. Because of the distorted patterns of conclusions in thinking, we are not able to see this fact. Our own mind prevents us, or prevents us from seeing this fact about our own self. It is said that mind itself is the cause of bondage as well as liberation for the human beings. Bandhaya vishyasaktam muktyaitu nirvishyam smutam when that mind is attached or fascinated by, you know, with the, with the sense pleasures, then that very mind, which is an extrovert mind, becomes a cause for bondage. And when the mind becomes free from its fascination for the sense pleasures, that very same mind becomes a means for liberation. So understand that the bondage also is in the mind, and liberation also is in the mind. <clears throat> but in order to discover this fact, the mind has to acquire a certain poise, a certain disposition. That's why all this learning, all the what we call the spiritual practices, and all this learning is only in order to undo, you might say, whatever the mind is doing wrongly. They say to, uh, what, what do they say, um, unlearn whatever the mind has falsely learned. You can put it in whichever way you like. The idea is, the mind just has to release from its own cobwebs because of the distorted and false patterns of thinking, false conclusions. It has created cobwebs in which it is trapped itself. You know that uh, that that uh, the worm, you know the, uh, the 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 silver worm, whatever they call it. So that creates a shell around its own self, thinking for protecting itself. And so also mind has created all these shells and cobwebs and is tied in. So that's where you have to pay attention. Vedanta all the time draws our attention to only one thing, our conclusions, things that you have taken for granted, things where do not scrutinize. And Vedanta asks us to look at all this. <coughs> now having discussed this, we proceed further. Idanim Vikshakti Now, in, from the next passage, the author, the teacher, proceeds to describe what is the role of what we call the Vikshakti or projecting power. We said that the ignorance or Maya has two powers. One is the Avarana Shakti, the veiling power, other is Vikshakti, the projecting power. We, it was said also that when the veiling is there, then alone there is the possibility or potential of projection. 
How does this projection come about? Now he's going to explain the whole creation. And the Vedantic Prakriya or the Vedantic model of creation is being described from now on. You must know that it is a model. Every model has a certain purpose. It's a model and it is not really the intention of Vedanta to describe creation in a scientific manner in that sense. Not to say that what they describe is not, is, is opposed to science. But the purpose of describing creation in a certain way and adopting a certain model is to enable us to see the nature of creation and enable us to understand the nature of Adhyaropa superimposition, understand the nature of false learning so that we can unlearn. So what is now being described is what we call Adhyaropa, a superimposition. It is being described. And that superimposition or projection is being described in a certain sequence so that we can undo that thing and reach back the source. Reaching back the source is not in terms of reaching somewhere in terms of action, but seeing how the mind is as though deviated from its own source in terms of its, its wrong conclusions and how the mind again can go back to its own source in terms of getting, resolving all those false notions or conclusions. Therefore, Vedanta adopts or presents before us a certain model of creation. Beginning from the original cause, which is Brahman or the Self, right up to the grossest things that we experience. So what are the stages in which this whole evolution of the creation takes place? That is being described in the Vedantic text in the Upanishads. Different Upanishads present different methods of creation, meaning every Upanishad seems to pre- present its own unique model of creation. Just for the sake of contemplation. For the sake of contemplation, to understand the realities, Vedanta or any inquiry into truth uh, concerns itself with the realities of things. So what is important to understand is the reality of this creation. What reality does this world or creation enjoy? And in that creation is also to be included my own body, my own mind, my own intellect. This Upadi also is a part of creation. What is the degree of reality of the creation? That will also decide what is the degree of reality of what we call samsara. Samsara is a cycle of birth and death and a constant sense of bondage and limitation and suffering that we are experiencing is samsara. And what is the reality of that? So before proceeding to solve the problem of unhappiness or sadness, we should understand the nature of that problem. And that all of that becomes clear when we understand the nature of the degree, I mean the degree of reality of the creation, Brahma Satyam Jagan Mithya. That Jagat or creation is Mithya, is unreal. That's, that's the point that Upanishads always want to make. That's the point that Vedanta always wants to make. That the creation as we see is not real. Sarvam Khaluidam Brahma. All this is in fact Brahman alone. All of this is in fact Brahman. That's the vision. Everything is Brahman. Everything is God. And God alone is. That's the vision that Vedanta presents. Not only Jiva is Brahman, but everything is Brahman. Jagat also is Brahman, Ishwara also is Brahman, and Jiva also is Brahman. 
the jiva, jagat and ishvara, whatever we are coming across, all of that is Brahman. This is the truth that is revealed by Vedanta. And Vedanta wants us to see this truth. And how can we see the truth that there is only one when we are experiencing the diversity or the duality? When, only when we understand the fact that duality is, is false or is unreal. So in order to reveal the nature of truth which is non-dual, one without a second, it is also necessary, very much necessary to understand the fact that what we call duality is unreal. Unless you understand the mithyatvam of the dvaita or the duality, unless you understand the mithyatvam of the creation, which involves duality of the subject and object, duality between one object and another object, duality between the world and creator, duality between I and the creator, all these various dualities that we always experience, and that dualities mean separation. We feel separated. I will separate from you, I will separate from Lord, I will separate from the world, I feel that you are separate from another person. So this constant, this duality creates a sense of separation and isolation. That is what we call samsara. What is the degree of reality of this duality? What's the degree of reality of this isolation? Is it real isolation? Is it real duality? Vedanta wants to reveal that no, this duality is not real. It is unreal. It's an appearance. In and through the appearance of duality, the truth is non-dual. And therefore, it is necessary to understand that the duality is mithya. And for that is the purpose of describing the creation. If Vedantic texts seem to describe creation elaborately, it is not to present necessarily a scientific method of creation or not to convey an idea that the creation is real and therefore it is being described so elaborately. But the creation is described elaborately only in order to explain the experiences of duality that we have and to show that that duality is false and that all there is is Brahman. Sarvam Khaloidam Brahman. All of this indeed is Brahman. And that's the vision that the Vedanta wants to unfold. And therefore, how the Vikshepa Shakti, how the projecting power now that there is avaranam, or the veiling, or ignorance of my own nature, ignorance of the nature of reality, then the veiling, the projecting power functions. The projecting power becomes powerless when the avaranam or the ignorance is not there. Avarana shakti and vikshepa shakti. That vikshepa shakti or projecting power really becomes powerful, becomes effective only when there is avaranam or veiling. As we were saying yesterday, that in a, on a day like this, when the sun is covered by the clouds, then that wind becomes cold and chilly and tormenting. But when the sun comes out of the clouds and sh- shines brightly, then that very wind becomes a pleasant experience. So wind stands, as you said, for vikshepa, for the projecting power, and, and the sun and the clouds veiling the sun stands for what we call the veiling power. Only when the veiling is that the projection becomes a problem. This world is a problem right now. Everything is a problem. I don't know how to handle. I don't know how to conduct myself. I don't know how to relate with the world because I don't know how to relate with myself very often. I am surprised by my own self. So these problems are because we do not understand the nature of reality of the things. And so this world, the projection, is a problem constantly 
because there is there is avaranam there is veiling because we do not know the true nature of reality and since we do not know the truth therefore this untruth all the time is tormenting us so it is necessary to understand that the world of the creation which is duality is unreal and whatever there is is only one reality that is brahman so this is a point that is sought to be made here in the subsequent passages and the teacher here now proceeds to do this describe what we call the subtle creation the avarnam has been described the ignorance the veiling has been described as what was known as sushupti sushupti means a deep sleep what obtains in deep sleep is only really is only avarnam it's also interesting to understand that we do experience both these powers in our day to day life avarnam and vikshepa when we are fast asleep at that time there is no projection at all all there is is avarnam all there is is veiling a complete blanket of ignorance in the state of deep sleep or a complete blanket of ignorance or inactivity and manifestation in what we call pralaya or the state of dissolution so that is the avarna or agnana ignorance which is also called say to be causal body because the vikshep creation or the vikshepa is possible only when the cause avarna or ignorance is therefore that ignorance avarnam or the veiling is called causal body because in it is the potential of all the projections so deep sleep state also is called causal state which has the potential of the dream in the waking state or the pralaya the dissolution also is called the causal state which has in it the potential of the creation the causal state has been described so far the the individual the self identified as the individual causal state was called pragnya the same self identified as the totality of the causal state was called ishvara and this description you know we have gone through this discussion we have gone through so now from the causal we come to the subtle and from the subtle we come to the waking in the process of waking up also we are fast asleep then that then we come to the dream state where there is a half waking state or a half sleep state so in the dream state we identify with what we call our subtle body which is a mind etc and then we come to the waking state where we further identified with the gross body so when we are identified with the gross body that is the waking state in the dream state the identification with gross body is not there there is only identification with the subtle body that is the dream state and when we give up even that identification then we have what we call the causal state or the deep sleep state so from the deep sleep of the causal to the subtle and to the gross so now proceeds the description of the creation of the subtle creation subtle world the causal has been already discussed in terms of the dissolution of the deep sleep and now comes the description of how the subtle creation came about <coughs> this we have the passage 57 ಪ್ರಧಾನಕ್ಷೇಪಕ್ತಿಮತ್ಯಾಪಿತ 
अग्नि अग्नि आप अद्य पृथ्वी चत्पद्यत्मन आकाश संभूत इत्यादि श्रुते तम प्रधान विक्षेप शक्तिमद्ञानोपहित चैतन्या आकाश वेरी लॉन्ग लॉन्ग एक्सप्रेशन नो द फर्स्ट एलिमेंट दट नाउ वी आर प्रेजेंटेड हियर दूनिवर्स विच इज सेट वी मेड अब ऑफ फाइव एलिमेंट्स वाट आर फाइव एलिमेंट्स आकाश वायु अग्नि आप पृथ्वी द स्पेस एयर फायर वाटर एंड अर्थ दीज आर दाइव एलिमेंट्स Of which the space is the subtlest. Grosser than the space is Vayu, the air. Grosser than that is the Agni, the fire. Grosser than that is Apaha, water. And grosser than that, that is the grossest, is Prusvi or Earth. Thus, from the space to the air, so we have the evolution from the subtler, subtle to the grosser and grosser and grosser. And Prusvi or the Earth is the grossest of the five elements. Akasha is the subtlest of the five. So, what is first created, what first evolves, is Akasha. We are discussing in the afternoon the Purusha Suktam, the grand sacrifice. You can imagine how in that whole grand universal sacrifice, first the element space evolves, and from there evolves this element air, from that evolves element fire, from that evolves element water, from that evolves element earth. But all these five elements are still in what we call that subtle state or pure state. What is subtle? Which is made up of five gross elements, before that came into being, it was in what we call a subtle state. So these five elements are said to be first in the subtle or a pure state, and then when they are in the pure state, as it will be stated here itself, so long they have a distinct characteristic, and then they undergo a combination, a five-fold combination. Then they become gross, and then we have the five gross elements from which the gross creation has evolved. <coughs> so first we are told about the creation of the five subtle elements. Subtle meaning they are not perceptible to the senses. And that's what first of all. From what? Viks Agnana Upahida Chaitanya. From Chaitanyam. From that consciousness which is Brahman or the self. From that alone, the element Akasha, which is the first element, evolved. How can it evolve from consciousness? You just said that consciousness is changeless, cannot undergo any change. Therefore it is said, Agnana Upahita Chaitanya. Chaitanya or consciousness associated with ignorance. What kind of ignorance? Vikshepa Shaktimat Agnana Upahita. Chaitanya. That consciousness associated with ignorance possessed of the power of projection. We said that the ignorance 
has twofold power, the power of veiling and the power of projection. So ignorance possessed with the power of consciousness associated with ignorance, possessed of the power of projection, becomes the cause of creation. And that projecting power also must be what? Tamaf Pradhana. We were told that the ignorance consists of the three qualities, Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. Sattva is purity, Rajas is activity, or dirt, and Tamas is dullness. So we find that the whole creation really is inert. Arrest, the predominant element in the creation is Tamas. You look at the whole universe, what is the predominant element? Matter. Consciousness is a rare phenomenon that only obtains on a planet called Earth, as best as we know. There could be some other planets we do not know, but to the best, to the best of our knowledge, the only place where consciousness is manifest is Earth. The rest of the whole cosmos is what? Only matter, jada, inert. So inert means tamas. Tamas means dullness. That tamas is predominant in the whole universe. Even on earth also. The, the most creation is what? Only inert. The whole earth is inert. And in that, the conscious beings or the living beings, such as human beings and other living beings, they occupy a certain, they have a certain amount of place in them. But even the earth also, the predominance is of matter, which is tamaks or inert. Therefore, inasmuch as in this creation, the predominance is of inertness or matter, therefore it is said that the cause also should be predominant in inertness. Since the effect, namely creation, shows a predominance of tamas or matter, or dullness or inertness, Therefore, the cause also must have had the predominance of tamas, dullness, inertness. So it is said, tamaf pradhana vikshepa shaktimat, that vikshepa shakti is the projecting power of ignorance, which is predominant in tamas. Not predominant in sattva or rajas, but predominant in tamas. And when we say it is predominant in tamas, Meaning that it does have sattva and rajas in some small measure. The cause of the creation is ignorance, the, the projecting power of ignorance, possessed of the three qualities, sattva, rajas and tamas, but having tamas as the most predominant aspect. Little bit of sattva and little bit of rajas and mostly tamas, that is the cause of this creation, material cause of this creation. Therefore, the first expression here says that from the consciousness in association with ignorance, in association with the projecting power of ignorance, which projecting power is predominant in tamas, which means with a little bit of sattva and najas, from that akashaha sambhutaha, the element space evolved. Akashadvayuhu, <coughs> from the element space evolved the element air. Vayoho agnihi. From the element air evolved the element fire. Agnehe apaha. From the element fire evolved the element water. Advyaha prasvi. From the element water evolved the element earth. Prasvi utpadyate. This is how the five elements evolved. 
how do you say where is the source of this where is the source of this uh, statement on your part yes he quoted here is a statement from taitri upanishad etasmat atmanah akashah sambhutah so taitri upanishad says from the self that is brahman this akasha or the space came and from the space air etc so taitri upanishad gives us a description of the evolution of the five elements from the self but from the self possessed of the power of ignorance associated with power of ignorance with projecting power predominant tamas <coughs> so important thing is that this passage says that it is chaitanyam it is awareness or consciousness that is the cause of creation why is it necessary to say that because the effect is nothing but the cause in another form we will be told that the effect is this itself will say here karana guna prakramena that the effect is nothing but reflecting the qualities of the cause so if chaitanyam or brahman or awareness is the cause then that is the effect also so how the cause pervades the effect how the clay pervades all the parts similarly also if chaitanyam or awareness is the cause of creation then we should find that chaitanyam or brahman everywhere and therefore the purpose of place stating making this statement is to convey that it is chaitanyam or awareness or brahman that is the cause and therefore that alone is the effect cause alone appears as effect so brahman alone appears as this whole universe that's the idea and therefore the whole universe is brahman alone therefore taitri upanishad also says yato va imani bhutani jayante yena jatani jivanti yat prayanti abhisamvishanti this book that you have gives very good notes by the way and therefore you must study those notes and it may be even helpful you study a few passages uh, even before coming to the class so that you will have an idea of the subject matter that is going to be discussed and the book does give fairly good notes here it also gives various quotations the one that i just cited yato va imani bhutani jayante yena jatani jivanti yat prayanti abhisamvishanti from which these creatures are born through which they when born live in live and into which they return and enter that is brahman tad brahme tad vijignyasasva tad brahmeti so there the teacher says know that to be brahman from which the whole creation is born by which the whole creation is sustained and to which the whole creation goes back and enters <coughs> says bhagavad gita aham sarvasya prabhavah lord krishna says i am the origin of all mattas sarvam pravartate from me everything issues forth so i am the origin of all meaning i am the cause of all and from me alone everything evolves that shows that i alone am everything that's the idea <coughs> okay now going further ಪ್ಯಾಸೇಜ್ಫ್ಟಿ ಇಟ್ಸ್ 
रजस्तमांसे कारण गुण प्रक्रमेण तेषु आकाशादिषु उत्पद्यन्ते तेषु जाड्याधिक्यदर्शनात् what makes you say that the cause of the creation is predominant in tamas teshu jardya dikyadashanad because we find that in this five elements of which the universe is evolved there is only inertness in predominance so inertness is predominant in this five elements and therefore we say that the cause also must be predominant in tamas or inertness teshu jardya dikyadashanad on account of the preponderance of inertia observed in all these elements in the creation tamas pradhanyam tat karanasya that the cause of the creation also must have predominance of tamas or inertness. Tadanim, at that time, meaning at the time of creation, Sattvarajas tamamsi karana guna prakramena teshu akashadishu utpadyante. Then what happens is, the qualities of the cause always get reflected in the effect. So it is karana guna prakramena. The rule is that, Karye, Karana Gunaha, the Karana Guna Anuvrtihi. The qualities of the cause always get reflected in the effect. For example, the qualities of, the, of gold are going to be reflected in the ornament. If gold is yellow, the ornaments will be yellow. If gold is glittering, ornaments are also glittering. Gold is precious, ornaments are precious, meaning whatever qualities the effect enjoys, it all comes from the cause. And so, the cause is what? Ajnanam or Maya. It has the three qualities, Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. No doubt, the Tamas is a predominant element, but there are particles or, you know, fractions of little particles of Sattva and Rajas also. And therefore, these five elements which are created also reflect Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. Predominance of Tamas and little bit of sattva and rajas also gets reflected in the five elements which have evolved from ignorance. <coughs> in making these statements, there is also uh, a refutal, a refuting of the other standpoints that are presented by other thinkers. There is a Sankhya school of philosophy, and they are very close to Vedantins, but not quite. They say that the creation comes from a cause independent of Brahman and that cause is the matter, which is what they call Pradhanam. So the Sankhya thinkers say that Pradhanam or the primordial matter is the cause of the creation. And what we call Purusha or the conscious being is independent of that, is separate. So according to them, the Purusha or the self enjoys the degree of reality. And the same degree of reality also is enjoyed by the matter, Pradhanam. So according to them, two realities are there, Purusha and Prakriti, or spirit and matter, both of them are independent. That's why it was said here, Chaitanyat Akashaha Sambhutaha. It is from the consciousness that Akasha, the element, you know, the world has come, the space has come, and not from Pradhanam, meaning that there is no independent, the cause is not independent of Brahman. <coughs> There are other thinkers known as Vaisheshikas, Nayayikas. So his Vaisheshika says that 
the cause of the creation is the five elements. They are called atomists. And they say that the whole universe is evolved from five elements, five atoms. The space, air, fire, water and earth. These five elements are there in the pure state and the combination of them is this whole universe. So they trace the cause of the universe in five atoms which are independent of the self. So they are also dualists. And they say that these five elements start combining, these five atoms start combining because of the desire of God. When he desires to create, then in response to that desire, the five atoms which are inert, they start combining and from those combinations and permutations we have this universe. So that also is refuted. We are saying that no, the five elements or the five atoms are not independent of the self or that pradhanam is not independent of the self. All of that is nothing but ignorance and ignorance is totally dependent upon the self and therefore the cause, material cause of the creation is not independent. This has been said here. <coughs> okay, now continuing. So, tadanim sattvaras tamamsi karanaguna prakramena teshu akashadishu padyante. At the time of creation then, these three qualities, sattva, rajas and tamas, present in the cause, they also appear, they also are manifest or appear in these elements, five elements, in the same proportion in which they are there in the cause. <coughs> because it is the cause that determines the qualities of the effect. So now we have the five elements created. What are they? Says the passage 59. Etani eva Sukhma bhutani Tanmatrani Apanchi kritani Uchyante Etani eva These very five elements Sukshma Bhutani, they are subtle Bhuta, subtle elements or subtle matter. Tanmatrani. Tanmatrani means pure or rudimentary elements, Tanmatras. Apanchi Kratani, those which are uncompounded, those which are not yet gone through the process of combination, Chauchyante. So in the Vedantic literature, we find different words or different expressions for these five elements which have evolved. Sometimes they are called sukshma bhutani, subtle elements. Why are they subtle? Because they are not perceptible to the senses. They are called tanmatrani. They are called rudimentary elements or pure elements. Because at that time they are still pure in as much as each element contains its own quality. So, the element space has a quality sound. The element air has a quality touch. The element fire has a quality color. The element water has a quality taste. The element earth has a quality smell. So, space, air, fire, water, earth, each respectively possessing the quality of sound, touch, color, taste and smell. And when they are in a subtle state, not yet evolved into gross state, then they as though retain that independent, they, they are pure, 
and each one possesses only one quality. So they are called rudimentary also, tanmatrani or the pure. Tan, tadmatra, that alone, meaning space is space alone and doesn't have any element, any, any uh, properties with others. Well, air is air alone. After they become grossified, after they combine with each other, then you find that every element exhibits the properties of all other elements also, as we shall see. For example, the fire that we know of, or we perceive, that is what we call the gross fire. And that, that fire, possess, I mean, exhibits the properties of other elements also. Fire has color, which is its own element, which is its own nature, but then the fire also can be touched. That shows that it exhibits the quality of space. Fire also makes sound. That shows that it exhibits the, I mean, touch, quality of air. Fire makes sound. That means it makes, exhibits the quality of space. Fire can be tasted also. I mean, you know, like tea has a different taste and the uh, coffee has a different taste. Hot tub. So, when samosa and then dosa has some different taste, chutney has another taste. Fire can be tasted. And the taste is due to water, element water in there. And the fire also has a smell, which is due to the element earth. So, the gross elements that we perceive, they are all combination of all the five elements. But before this combination took place, each element was in its pure state, possessing only its own quality, therefore it's called tanmatrani, rudimentary elements. Apanchi kritani. Another designation they have is apanchi kritani. Panchi karanam. Pancha means five. Panchi karanam means becoming five. So subsequently, when these elements will combine, all the elements will combine with one another, then that process will be called Panchi Karanam, the five-fold combination. And then these elements will become gross. But right now, they are Apanchi Karanam, meaning they are not yet compounded. So the five elements that are obtained at that time have these designations. Sukshma Bhutani, Tanmatrani, Apanchi Karanam, Uchyante, these are different names that they have. <coughs> Okay, then continuing. Etebhya Sukshma Sharirani Sthula Bhutani Cha Utpadyante Etebhya From these five subtle elements Sukshma Sharirani Sthula Bhutani Cha Utpadyante these five subtle elements are the cause for the rest of the creation. From these five subtle elements are created Sukshma Sharirani, what we call the subtle bodies, Sthula Bhutanicha, and what we call the gross elements, Utpadyante. So from these five subtle elements are created all the subtle bodies. So understand that we have within ourselves the subtle body also. So this this outer body is the gross body made of a food. And within this we have the subtle body which will be described here. Consisting of the mind, the intellect, the sense organs of perception, organs of action, etc. So that is the subtle body. And then we have, uh, of course, the self. So the self that we are. Of course, self is uncreated, unevolved, so there is no question of its evolution. But the subtle body and the gross bodies are evolved. So... Just as every living being has a subtle body. So you can look upon the totality of all the subtle bodies. Every living being has a gross body. So that is what we call the totality of all the gross bodies. The first will be created, the totality of all the subtle bodies. 
and then the gross bodies. Etebhya sukshma shrirani sthula bhutani cha utpadyante. Okay. What are these? Describing further. Sukshma shrirani saptadasha avayavani linga shrirani Sukshma Sharirani. What we call Sukshma Sharir or the subtle body are Saptadasha Avayavani. Saptadasha means seventeen. Sapta means seven. Dasha means ten. Saptadasha means seventeen. Saptadasha Avayavani. This Sukshma Sharir or the subtle body has seventeen components. Avayava. Avayava means ingredients or components. So this subtle body has seventeen components. They are also called Linga Sharirani. Another name for the subtle body is Linga Sharira. Because here the Tikakara explains why they are called Linga Sharira. Because, uh, yeah, Lingyate Anenaiti Lingam. So the subtle body is also called Linga Sharira. Linga means evidence. So this Linga Sharira or the subtle body is an evidence. Evidence of what? Evidence of the existence of the self. Our mind becomes evidence for the existence of the self. How does it become so? Because we find that the mind is functioning as a conscious entity. Mind itself is inert. And even though mind is inert, it exhibits the qualities of a conscious entity. Because mind can gain the knowledge. Mind gives us the knowledge of various objects. Mind illumines various objects. That property of illumination that the mind has, uh, it doesn't belong to itself. That shows that there must be something other than mind that imparts it this ability to know. When we see moon, for example, then moon becomes a very evidence of something other than moon which must be of the nature of effulgence, of the nature of light or illumination. Because we know that the moon is not, uh, is not a luminary. And still the moon is shining, moon is bright, that shows that there must be some other source of light that illumines the moon. Similarly also we find that the mind is bright, mind is, mind is conscious, and in spite of its being inert, it is functioning as a conscious entity that shows that there must be consciousness from which this mind derives its consciousness. That's how the very mind becomes an evidence for the existence of the self. That self is because mind is, because mind is conscious. Another way to express it is that whenever we find an inner thing functioning, like when you find a chariot running, when you find a car running, then we know that a car cannot run by itself, meaning there must be some conscious being that must be responsible for driving the car. And how therefore, even though we don't see the driver, or there may be a car which is controlled, there is a remote control, and there is no driver at all. So you know these, the, uh, uh, the trolleys are there which are remote controlled. And so uh, there is no driver in there, but still we know that a driver must be someplace, because an inner thing can never travel by itself. So there must be someone controlling somewhere. Therefore, whenever we find an inner thing functioning, 
moving, then we can infer the presence of a conscious being. And similarly also the mind, that is the inner thing, we find it functioning like a conscious entity. Therefore, it leads us to infer, or yeah, infer the existence of Atma. <coughs> Therefore, the mind or the subtle body becomes evidence, linger. Just as the smoke is evidence of fire. So we see the smoke, we infer the, the existence of fire. Smoke is called linger, evidence. Similarly also, mind is linger, the evidence, and from that we can infer the existence of self, that conscious being must be there, which imparts its consciousness, which gets reflected in the mind, because of which the mind acts as a conscious entity. So it is called linga sharirani. So this subtle body has 17 elements or 17 ingredients or 17 components, and it is also called linga sharira, or it's called sharira. Sharira means body. So this is sthul sharira, gross body. That mind etc. is called sukshma sharira or subtle body. Why is it called sharira? Shiriyata is shariram. That which is subject to disintegration is called sharira. And in the week of knowledge, uh, even this mind and subtle body also will get resolved into its own sources and therefore also it's called sharira. <coughs> so from past passages from now on, we'll describe in detail this sukshma sharira. Okay. Om Purnamadaf Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashashyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Vadarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutavande Bhagavantau Punaf Punaha Ishvaro Guru Ratmedi Murti Veda Vibhagine Vyuma Vadvyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Guru Namaha Hari Om